This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. It's Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello, I am Cam Ruslan and welcome to Just For Kicks. We have an absolutely packed program today. We've got Europa League, we've got Champions League, Europa Conference League. I, I remembered that correctly, didn't I? Well Des? done, Sam, well done. Thank you. And we have Premier League as well as some Malaysian football. So our three pundits today are Gogolin. Hi, everyone. And Bob Holmes. Hi, everybody. And Des Corkill. Who is close to celebrating the seven-day anniversary of the 7-0. <laughs> Let us not forget oh, a fabulous day in world football. Football fans. Before are the we worst. start, I just want to say I know I'm not supposed to say this, but we are finally back in the studio after three years, and I want to say that you know this is a testimony to our hero that started all this, Ross Yusuf. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, three years it's been. Um, we're in the studio together, and Tw- I'm expecting 2020 was the last we were here. Yep, and I'm expecting crowd trouble. <laughs> um, I sort of love this one, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah. Seven nil. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of him actually the other day. <laughs> De- Des, we we covered that on the Monday show, so it's done. It'll be brought up again. No. Uh, I'm sure it will. So uh, let's begin with, we're going to do like a Christopher Nolan film. We're going to go back in time, but kind of forward. So we're going to start with, last night, the Europa League. Manchester United 4, Real Betis 1. And um, yeah, so that's 7-0 scrubbed. (laughs) And I've got to say, Ten Hag, a lot of guts there. The same starting 11 as lost against Liverpool. If they'd lost... It would have been, I mean, they would have, I don't know what would have happened, but they won. And Bob, a pretty convincing win. Yes, it was. Um, I think you have to say that uh, playing a second-rate Spanish team at home in sleet and snow uh, in Manchester was just about what the doctor ordered for their next game. Um, And, but... I, I think, you know, to be fair, they took full advantage of it. I think the reaction, the comments that were made after the 7 0, that's the first mention, I think, tonight, <laughs> keep counting, um, were, I think, just about right. I think the manager and many of the players that were interviewed, uh, I think they got the tone about right. Um, they were contrite. There was no um, sort of no prima, prima donna sort of attitude. I just wonder if Ronaldo had been playing, if it would have been the same. Um, so, yeah, they carried on. I think they, they tried to treat it as a bit of a freak, but they're still having a good season. They're on for trophies. And they gave Real Betis a bit of a pasting. I think it, it was a freak. You know, it being fair, it was such a freak occasion that um, this is brave from Ten Hag, Bob, to to actually pick the same side, pick the same eleven, say go out, prove what happened at Anfield was against the grain, and for them to perform in that way, I thought was great management. I'm a big fan of Ten Hag. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think the post match and I think the days leading up to this uh, Europa game, he's had words with I think uh, especially Bruno Fernandez. You know. Who responded? Yeah, who responded. Exactly. I was just about to say, who responded magnificently. So the man management side of it reminds me of what Fergie used to do, you know. 
So this was a statement to everybody out there that I'm going to play the same team and I've already spoken to them, I've already dealt with them and this was the result. But Gogan, can I can I ask you, uh, you know, when I when I see Marcus Rashford score, I always think he can't score that. That it, it takes too much composure as a human being to score at that and he scores. When I see Reghorst go up, I think he can't score that because and he doesn't score. <laughs> but he scored on this occasion and I have to say I felt kind of moved. I felt it was you know, I love it when when these goal scorers can't score and they finally score. I, I, I find it very moving. Yeah, I think Liverpool fans felt that when David Nunes actually got off the mark. So, yes, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. these strikers will get you goals. These are the reasons they are signed. You know, Ten Hag doesn't just sign him because he was Dutch or anything like that. He's, he's, he, he's a focal point. I, I just think he erred uh, against Liverpool by playing Rashford up front instead of on against Trent. But, you know, that's me. So, back to the back to the Europa game. That's what he's there for. He got the goals. Like I said, it was a second-rate, like Bob said, second-rate Spanish side. But goals give you confidence, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Des, meanwhile, Arsenal 2, Sporting Lisbon 2. I watched that thinking, Arsenal are doing something wrong. I, I couldn't work out what it was. They did something wrong. I think they've got away with a lot in the last few weeks. Uh, they've, they've got these nail-biting wings over the Aston Villa that, that come from behind against Bournemouth. They're conceding too many goals for a team that is really, really at the top of its form. And sooner or later, that luck begins to run, run, run out. Um, they've done well to, to, to draw two all um, away. He made six changes, uh, did Arteta, that shows a, a certain strength and depth in the squad. Um, a little bit Fluky with the with the equaliser that they got, but uh, it's it's a good away draw. But I do wonder whether or not the goals against will come up and uh, but, really but begin to I, kick I, them in I the I just backside. want to jump in here. I mean, we are at this point in the season where uh, Arsenal fan is going to give their left arm for the Premiership right now, and I think we all know where they where the where they were. Where but even in the league, they're conceding. That's my concern. For I know, them. I know. But the the fact that he made this those changes show uh, where the yeah yes, uh, uh, Bob. Um, we're coming up to our first break, but Sporting Lisbon used to have, once upon a time, a very famous player called Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, and you wanted to say something about him. Well, uh, yes, I gave him a mention already, um, but uh, he didn't distinguish himself uh, very well the other night, did he? Last night, I think it was, uh, for a guy on about two zillion per second. Um, he lost, uh, he didn't score, second game in a row, he uh, fired blanks, uh, the team lost, and uh, worst of all for him, the opposing fans were chanting Messi, Messi, Messi all night, and he really lost his rag, kicked water bottles, and went off and had a mega tantrum. So, as I said before, it's a good thing he's not there, because I think the atmosphere at Old Trafford would be rather different if he was. Yeah, that was that story was told with a bit too much delight. Uh, on that, <laughs> I'm thrilled to bits. He's not running away with the league. Al Ittihad are a fine side. They're even not as good as Al Hilal. Fabulous for Saudi football. The Ronaldo's not going there and ripping the league apart. Ah, ah. Okay, in a moment, we're going to come back and we're going to do Champions League here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with me, Cam, and Des, and Bob, and Goglin. And now it's Champions League uh, on Tuesday. So, Goglin, Chelsea 2, Dortmund 0. And so, therefore, Chelsea go through 2-1 on aggregate. They needed to win by two goals. They 
turned up and they won they, by two goals. And they did turn up. They got very lucky on the penalty. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea yeah. how that because I'm sure Bob's going to go off on <laughs> the VAR rant now, and I rightly so because you know it's it's how players are going to be uh, what infringing on the penalty box. Even in the second penalty that was retaken, the players were infringing on the box. So I really don't understand what they're going to do. Are they going to keep taking on the penalties? But yeah, they. I mean, they they put on a show of football. Dortmund, I was surprisingly bit uh, laid down a bit. I mean, I thought it would, they would have come back after that, especially after that um, travesty of that penalty uh, being retaken and all that. But there was no comeback of sorts. And uh, yeah, Chelsea safely through, which was surprising to be asked. You know, I really, I really thought Dortmund was going to. Yeah. So, uh, Des, are they uh, the Chelsea players? They're going to rewatch and rewatch that match and sort of like, oh, oh, that's how you score goals. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, the, the penalty. The only reason it has been uh, retaken is that um, Oshkan was who was encroaching made the clearance. That's the only ah, reason. Okay. That, that, okay. So, uh, but there's four other players in front of him. But it, it's. VAR is just garbage. It's interfering in a game when it's not needed to be interfered in. But Bob and I have, have talked about this many a time. No, Chelsea, I, Chelsea I, I think, are terrific. Uh, they'll they'll really? come good. I, they really will. I think uh, Potter's a, a really good coach. They just can't score goals. Now they're starting, starting to eke out wins. I can see them coming on really strong towards the end of the season. But Chelsea have never been known for scoring a hat full of goals, you know. And now they have all these players that have been cobbled together. But these players are big name players, and these players are good players. So eventually, of course, they'll come good. But those goals, those those goals, where are they going to come from? That's my point. Nkunku, they're they're Uh, signing him in the summer. Are they? Is done. Done deal. Done deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they've got this. I mean, they need to try to qualify for Europe this year because, mind you, they've got such limitless funds that maybe they don't need Europe. But when you say Europe, I don't think they mean. Conference League. That, that's not Europe. Your Europa League would be the, the minimum target. I think they're too far behind for Champions League. I thought Boli has already come out and said even without Europe for this season, they will still stick with Porter and you know steady the ship for the summer. Which is the Arteta thing. It's the Arteta mould. It's it's trust, trusting the process yeah, trusting and trusting process. your coach, yeah, exactly. which, which, which I, I mean, love. We sit on this show and every time we go on about play, or managers not being given enough time. Right? Yes, but now he's been given too much time. Well, no, 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 no I just, no, I just wish that he was given the play. He could choose the players because I'm convinced Bowley is the one who's signing these players. Of course, of course, yeah. because I, those players are definitely not in the Potter. They're not in the yeah, yeah. hit list. Mm. I think that's why he's being given time. Bowley realizes that these are not his players, so he's cutting him more slack than. Normal. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Because well, that, that is far too much time on Chelsea. <laughs> uh, I, for some strange reason, have a thing about Chelsea. I don't know. I thought it was West Ham. But no, no, it's Chelsea. I really don't like Chelsea. So I want to talk about, for the English teams, uh, Bob, Tottenham, nil, AC Milan, nil, and therefore Tottenham go out. And they were so bad. They were. It was shocking. <laughs> explain how. <laughs> it's very hard to explain that. Uh, I mean, you can go on the idea that uh, Spurs never play in the first half. This was a two-leg tie. Uh, They didn't play in the first leg. But you would expect them to play in the second leg at home in the first half. But they didn't. And they didn't even play in the second half, really, did they? I mean, taking taking an attacker off, needing a goal five minutes from the end and putting a defender on, I mean, really, what... What kind of uh, what can you say about that? So, 
uh, it was appalling. It was absolutely dire. No fight, nothing. And Spurs, I know a few Spurs fans. I mean, they're... They've even disbanded one Spurs fan group here <laughs> really? that I know. They're yeah, through because shame. Of, yeah, absolute shame. <laughs> I mean, you can go down in many ways. Even PSG offered more, I think, and that's saying something. They don't usually offer very much at all, do they? But I mean, you can go down in a blaze of glory. You can send your keeper up for the last corner. They didn't do anything. There was just that but, one but header from Harry Kane, right the keeper the end, saved. Yeah, right that, was it. Mm. that was it. It would have been unfair if they had scored with that. It would. Because well, it probably would have lost anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goglan, explain. No, I mean, again, I don't understand exactly what Bob's saying. I was watching the highlights of that game and there was, I mean, it was there was no desire. You're playing at home. The second leg is what you won. Against an AC Milan side who's not actually pulling up that much stakes. You know, you are Tottenham Hotspur, you got Antonio Conte and all that back. But no but drive, no passion. There was one argument I, I heard, which is AC Milan is... Uh, Seven-time European champions. Seven-time Seven. European champions. But the last time they won, I don't even know if any of those players were even born. Uh, Arigo Satki was there. <laughs> so, that's, that's a great call. That's, that's not a bad call. Absolutely. Absolutely but, so, right. Des, Des, I mean, you're a Liverpool fan and they've won Champions League a few times. I mean, does it seep into the mentality of the club? I've, this Tottenham, I saw them at the first day of the season and I looked at their squad list and I thought, this is a squad that is primed to really compete. Exactly, I, I completely I thought, agree. And I thought Conte would uh, get the best out of this squad, um, even though he's not hugely attack-minded. He'd bought attacking players, Kuliszewski is a super player, Kane can lead the line, Son hasn't really delivered. And behind them, they had great midfielders. and It, it is a complete and utter mystery to me why they have not kicked on and are, 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 um, are not winning games. And for them to go out so tame is really tough and they're playing poorly in the league as well well yeah maybe no one told them they needed to score a goal well, uh, they've got Harry Kane and Son and Son's, yeah. Son's terrific ok uh, meanwhile this is the one I really want to talk about <laughs> Bayern Munich to PSG nil. Goglin you uh, you <laughs> Well, I'm not a PSG fan. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I turned to you because I mean, you know that you, your kid... Yeah, yeah, he's a Messi fan. So, again, we've had this conversation before. So, therefore, yeah, PSG is like the sexiest club in the world. Yeah, I know. But they were... Yeah, so I, I tell him, you know, wake me up at four o'clock and he sleeps past the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know, I told him we didn't miss much, right? Because, again, I watched the highlights and this, there was PSG didn't show up. Messi, again, goes missing in this game. It's another big game that he goes missing. And, you know, if uh, Mbappe and uh, Messi, there's a, di- there's a complete disconnect on the team, you know. You, you don't have enough players who are playing for the team. You have Bayern, who don't have super, uh, superstars, laden with superstars, but they play cohesively as a team, right? Mm. These guys, they, they go in there, they, they fly under the radar, they they might be playing in the Bundesliga and all, but you see how they play against Barcelona, against the PSG, the teams with superstars, but these guys play as a team. And I tell the Des, these are the Galaxy games, when you play cohesively as a team, you're unbeatable. Really? I mean, Bob, the Galacticos of Real Madrid once upon a time, but they won. Uh, well, the Galacticos didn't, actually. Mm, yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's I, think, only, I think the PSG uh, project is being referred to as the Galacticos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just assume Real Madrid no, won the Champions League. <laughs> well, that was one of their fallow periods, oh, actually, right. for, all, for all the money they spent, yeah. No, this is... Um, I mean, you actually have to question whether this sports washing thing is working again now. Because obviously, Qatar, their peak of sports washing was the World Cup. They got away with it, didn't they? 
I mean, f- uh, let's mm. put marketing the human, is how they they refer yeah, to it. The, the human rights thing and all that. Let's put that aside, shamefully, but let's for the sake of the argument, put it aside. It was a great World Cup. The stadiums were fantastic. Well, there, was there. there was no, yeah, there was no crowd trouble. The football, most important of all, the football was great. It was. Uh, we had the, probably the best final ever. Uh, storybook ending. Greatest player wins it. All that, fantastic. That's peak sports washing for <laughs> Qatar. But I think, you know, I looked up what happens. When you put too much detergent in a washing machine, <laughs> this, is the, this is the kind now, of background this, context that right. a true journalist comes okay. up with. Uh, it's called oversudsing. Now, have you ever done this? Because you can damage your washing machine. Uh-huh. So I think that this this really qualifies. If if uh, Qatar are the world's greatest sports washers, I think they've put too much detergent in PSG. They've got they've concentrated on superstars and neglected their own kits. Now it, it the greatest number of young talent in the world is in Paris. Yeah. The banlieue, the guys from North and West Africa. They're playing for clubs all over the world, but there's only Mbappe that's playing for PSG. And I say only Mbappe, he's the best of the lot, of course. But they've ignored these guys in uh, in preferred to sign Messi and Neymar and many other superstars, ignored their own local talent, and this is what they get for it. And I think they've oversudsed the sports washing when it comes to PSG. Well, speaking of which, Des, uh, so Qatar, the, the national team at the World Cup, they had nothing to do but prepare for the World Cup. And then when it happened, they were terrible. And PSG have nothing to do but try to win the Champions League. Whenever it happens, it's terrible. Now they might uh, buy Manchester United. Should Manchester well, United PSG is not going to be buying United. No, no, but, but the Qataris. Well, so they're, they're in the frame if um, if our friends at United decide to sell. Um, also, to tell you, club football in Qatar, Aldu Hale lost in the AFC Champions League West Final 7-0 to Al-Hilal. So that's not good. Their under-20s team just lost 7-0 in the under-20 AFC Championship. So things not going well for Qatar at the moment, mm. in, all, 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 over, all over the place. Um, Bob, I think, has, has hit the nail on his head. Bob Paisley used to say, the best teams, you need three world-class players and eight workers. With that, you, you've, you've got the quality, but you've also got the work ethic. Without the work ethic, you won't win nothing. And Bayern Munich showed that work ethic yesterday. The save on the line by De Ligt. Yeah. I can't imagine a PSG player, and not he, even Ramos. And the way he celebrated and the, just that, that correct, one action. So it should have been on summer, what are you doing? But De Ligt was alive and alert and made an incredible save, which changes the whole uh, cup tie. And that work ethic, that will to win, that willing to, willingness to put your body on the line, that's the difference between the, the workhorses. De Ligt's a very good workhorse. Um, and uh, a PSG, if they buy United, I hope they go down the the same by those superstars <laughs> I really do and, and get rid of this Ten Hag because he's far too good <laughs> I agree completely with what Bob was saying you know this overwashing over that the Paris Saint-Germain has this academy and has this talent pool that is you know actually the envy of a lot of leagues 
a lot of football teams in the world. And the fact that they allowed this, this was a deal done a long time ago. I think there's some documentaries on with how um, they did this deal with the Qataris, you know, before and how PSG was allowed to win it, uh, allowed to be bought by the Qataris. So it was the creeping, um, what do you call it, the spot washing that was they were going on. And now it has, it has become a, it's a wholesale fire sale now. Yeah. Right? They'll yeah. still call it marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and also I think some of the, the Paris uh, youth players are playing for Bayern Munich now. So Yeah, yeah. Koeman, Kingsley Koeman, wow. scored the winner against uh, PSG in the final a couple mm. of years ago. Oh dear, that's how embarrassing is that? Um, anyway, a bit too much delight there at the uh, demise of We're having a lot of delight on this show. Can, right? can, can I just say a quick word about Benfica, who have had to rebuild? They lost their star man Nunes last uh, year and they've rebuilt again. Watch out for them. Real yes. dark horse. It may only have been Bruges, uh, a 7-1 on aggregate, um, but it was... Uh, a really good Benfica team, this. Yeah, they could go far. And Scott Parker got... Uh, Scott Parker sacked got again. sacked as yeah, well, yes. Yeah, twice, yeah. Sacked twice in a year. OK, well, we uh, we come to the end of part two. And in a moment, we'll be back. We're going to go into the Premier League. And I might just quickly talk about Conference League as well. Here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with me. Uh, Cam, as Gogolin, Bob and Des. Now, Des, very quickly, uh, Europa League, West Ham, Lanaka. Europa Conference, 2-0. Oh, I keep whatever. Mikel Antonio, I know you love it. Round of 16, uh, uh, English influence ca- carries on, so um, we'll keep on talking about it until West Ham got knocked out. Yeah, you don't think they... Uh, no, no? You don't have any... Think they can't go all the way or something? In, in, in that league, it would be a blessing in disguise for um, David Moyes because he's under pressure mm. with his job. I, again, this is another London club. I can't work out why they are doing so badly in the league. They had that big 4 0 win over Forest um, a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, Bob. But then they lost 4 0 last week. So this, this just, I think, reminds the players hey, we're not that bad. We can progress in these European competitions, even if it's the conference. And a little bit of confidence could come from that. It might be, might be a blessing in Guys. They might get a Philip this weekend. They're playing Villa. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll come on to that in a short while. And of course, one of the reasons why I wanted Des to talk about West Ham there is because we're now going to talk about Bournemouth versus Liverpool over the weekend, and and therefore he can't talk about them. So, uh, Bob, Bournemouth are going to play Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, I believe, had a bit of a bit of a stutter. In their last game, uh, only scoring seven. Uh, well, they scored nine against Bournemouth uh, in the earlier in the season. Oh, um, it was one of those games quite quite early on. I mean, scoring nine, even though it's against Bournemouth, you thought, well, okay, everything's all right. Actually, you know these these uh, little uh, problems that Liverpool are had experience, you know, no, no, they scored nine goals, you know, everything, everything is going to be all right. Well, of course, it wasn't all right. But, uh, I mean, for Bournemouth to beat Liverpool uh, after the 9-0 and then the 7-0, how many times have we mentioned it now? How many times have you mentioned it? <laughs> I wish you'd stop mentioning that 7-0, Bob. Um, it would be uh, one of the upsets of the century, I think. And Bournemouth are coming off the back of that debilitating 3-2 defeat at Arsenal where they led 2-0 oh, yeah. and they blew it. And you just knew that Arsenal were going to score later. It was a great goal by Reese Nelson, but the, the pressure was on. Bournemouth have also lost to Tottenham, having led 2-0, uh, lost, lost 3-2. Uh, they've lost a number of games like that. So, so all so signs are pointing to a 2-0 win a for A 2-0 Bournemouth. win for Bournemouth, yeah. Clean I, I detect <laughs> a little nervousness from Des here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, seriously though. 
No, no, it's just not going to happen. It's the Premier League. It's football. It's it's, yeah. it's crazy. It shouldn't happen. Liverpool are on around five consecutive um, clean sheets, which is good. Bournemouth do concede goals. I've had Bournemouth down as relegation candidates since the start of the season because they didn't invest. They invested in youth, ironically, talking about what we were um, uh, talking about, the Paris Saint-Germain uh, scenario. They're happy to go down. Their business plan is they're OK to go down so long as they come back up. Uh, that they've, they've not exactly stated that, but it's, um, it's not far from uh, being written about. So Liverpool need this win to carry on their, their chase for a top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and Goglan, are they going to... 7-0, a lot of people are saying, um, it's been said here, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, 7-0, well done. But does it mean anything? Well, yeah, I know, up to the psyche. I mean, this is the biggest game for a Liverpool uh, supporter. To beat Man United 7-0 is, you know, something that will live uh, long in the memories of every supporter. They might not win anything this season. They might even make the Champions League. But you ask any Liverpool supporter, they'll, the 7-0 will be repeated <laughs> and, and that, at, at, every, at every opportunity. And that is why I despair of football fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is the last time we ever talk about Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. All right? It is yesterday's news. Meanwhile, we move on. And, Bob, Tottenham versus Nottingham Forest. Forest have had a crazy season. They're doing quite well, but the, it is so jam-packed down at the bottom of the, the table. One uh, defeat, uh, but one victory. It, uh. Well, I thought I wasn't allowed to talk no, about them. No, I've given but, up on uh, that. Go ahead. Okay, yes. okay, all right. Um, Forest have uh, beaten Spurs in uh, already this season in the League Cup, uh, one of those tournaments that Spurs could have won, uh, desperate for a trophy, and yet they still picked a, a second-rate team, as they did against Sheffield United in the FA Cup, second-rate team. They don't deserve anything, Spurs. But uh, I think that even the most weak-minded lacklustre player would surely have to have a reaction after that performance against AC Milan. So I do fear for Forrest here. Forrest have got the worst away record, not just in the Premier League, but in all four divisions. Now that is, oh. that is something um, we're not proud of. Uh, they are really pretty poor away from home. Um, they lost the last game uh, to West Ham for 4-0. Uh, uh, and I think that this has to be a home banker. If it isn't, if Forrest gets something here, then yeah. Antonio Conte really, I think, is... Uh, is on his way out but if I he's think, not think, already on yeah, his way out. Yeah, I think out. they've already drawn up a short list of uh, managers to replace Conte. I think, uh, we spoke about this before, I think you, uh, Bob, or Des were saying, you know, the three of his friends he's lost over the yeah. past yeah. few months and then that diagnosis he got, which really, I think, shook him to the core. He, yeah, he thought he was going to join yeah, them, didn't exactly. he? Exactly, yeah, yeah, I think he literally said that. So, you know, I think his, his heart is not in it anymore and I think they've already made up mind and um, I don't think Conte's going to be around for next season. Uh, yeah, uh, who's the manager of Bayern Munich? I have no, no idea what his name is. When I saw him, I thought, oh, there's the next manager of some <laughs> Premier League team. Nagelsmann. Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah. I, young, young man. Young, so young Tuchel German. used to be the next young pretender. Nagelsmann's the man, man after him. Tuchel is still available, by Tuchel the way. Tuchel is still available. Yeah. So, is, so is Pochettino. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the idea of not going from Chelsea to Spurs, it's already, it's already been done, done hasn't yeah. it? Conte. 
Conte was at Chelsea before he went to Spurs, so that's acceptable now. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I would. Uh, I would actually love to see Spurs lose this because I think it would be so funny. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Des, Newcastle versus Wolves. Newcastle on a bit of a slump. Yeah. The um, the Carabao Cup final was a little bit tame. Um, it wasn't um, magical for Man United, but it was a trophy. The Carabao Cup was a little bit tame for Newcastle. They've lost a couple of important games. Uh, the Liverpool loss was um, was not a good one. They're not scoring many goals. Um, Gomares isn't having the impact now as he did at the start of the season and it just seems as though the momentum is running out of Newcastle Sam Maximan isn't maximising his opportunities and, uh, nicely done and um, <laughs> so defensively they're still sturdy defensively they're still strong but I can see them dropping more points uh, where are they here they're at home to Wolves who are massively improved I like them under Lopetegui they're a little bit inconsistent um, but they they're, they're again now defensively solid so I can't see many goals in this if Newcastle don't win it I fear that their season might just peter out into a, a, a bit of a calamitous end. And if it did, Gogolin, do you think the love for Eddie Howe would disappear? No, oh, I mean, from where he's taken them. He, he hasn't actually gone out and splashed in the transfer market. He's he could have done that. He could have done. I think um, he hasn't gone the, the Chelsea route. I think he's, he's the third he's highest spender. It, it, it's, it? Yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. It's surprising. But he, he, so, again, that shows if you spend money uh, wisely... You get a good uh, squad. And you, I'm telling you right now, they have one of the most cohesive squads in the Premier League. They play as a team. They play as a unit. They defend as a unit. They attack as a unit. So, yes, a bit of the fire has gone out, but every team has go, goes through their blip. This is their blip. Yeah, you're, I don't know. You're a, a, a blip believer, aren't you? Oh, it's a five-game blip. This is it's a, a villain fan. Yeah, I'm used to blips. <laughs> right, okay. My whole season's been a blip. It's a per- <laughs> yeah, it's a permanent blip. Uh, okay. All right, then. Bob, Leicester versus Chelsea. Is it possible for two teams to lose? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you want them to, do you? I, no, I don't say I want them to, but, I mean, Leicester are not doing well. Chelsea, uh, not doing well. Uh, Chelsea, um, I think, actually, have been playing reasonably well uh, throughout this period yeah. that uh, Graham Potter has been receiving death threats. But they didn't score goals um, for like 400 minutes of No, game. they haven't been scoring. That's the problem. Well, haven't been scoring. a bit of a problem. Uh, well, there is this theory that Graham Potter teams don't score. This happened at Brighton. And since uh, his replacement came in, Roberto Di Serbe, uh, Brighton have been scoring more goals. So Potter goes to Chelsea and they don't score many. But Chelsea never really scored that many, even in their great days. There's always uh, Drogba, wasn't it, getting, getting most mm. of their goals. Mm. They were not renowned for, for high-scoring games. So I think the jury's still out and they're playing okay. And he's been given this, um, these hospital passes, if you like, or hospital signings of all these different players from different backgrounds, different leagues, different nationalities, none of whom he wanted. Now, this, I think he's done very well to actually get them to play half decently. When you, when you see the, the names of the players, I mean, uh, we, we'd never heard of half of these guys and they're paying big bucks for them. So I think he's done a pretty good job and it, it doesn't reflect well on Chelsea fans, the way they've reacted to him. And I do admire Bowley for sticking with him, actually. 
I mean, I don't agree with Bowley's transfer policy. Yeah, yeah I'm like shocked. That. I'm, I'm but, in shock. But I think, <laughs> I, I think all credit to him. He, this is an owner. He's sticking by his manager. How many times do we hear that? Well, he did get rid of Tuchel. Yeah, For, uh, and we're still not sure why. why? No. Yes. Now I think I know why. Yeah, <laughs> because of, we probably came, came with a list of players and yeah, said, who are these players? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Can I just refer to Leicester because they're yes, they're playing please, as yeah. well and they're in relegation problems. You know, it mm-hmm. looked like they got out of it, but three defeats in a row uh, mean that Leicester are now right in that mix. It's really tight. Uh, you got Leicester on twenty four, West Ham and Leeds on twenty on twenty three, Leeds, Everton twenty two, Southampton and Bournemouth on twenty one. Really Really, really condensed down at the bottom. Uh, Madison isn't fit, and he seems to be the key for Leicester. When he plays well, Leicester seem to win. Harvey Barnes is, isn't totally fit, although he's been playing a lot of games. And uh, Vardy is, is is 36 now, and he, he he can't pull out the magic anymore. So I'm I'm a little bit worried for for Leicester. Um, well, well, you know Brendan Rodgers. He I think he's terrific. Yeah, yeah. but uh, is he? Uh, he was at, at Celtic for quite some time. But aside from that, he wasn't, hasn't always stuck around a long time. He was sacked at Liverpool, wasn't he? Yeah, but um, he did well at Liverpool. He did he, well. He did. He, he does well, and then the ending somehow doesn't go very well. Um, Celtic, I think he, he didn't handle that well. I think he deserted Celtic, and he, mm. I think he tarnished his legacy mm. at Celtic. Um, by by moving to Leicester, who, let's face it, are not the same club. Celtic are a far bigger club than Leicester, but the money was there. And yeah, I should imagine the, the budget must be yeah, yeah. much bigger. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask then, I want to ask um, the, the, the teams that we've just been talking about and not doing so well. So Chelsea, Newcastle and Tottenham and indeed Liverpool. We did not imagine at the beginning of the season that that certainly Chelsea and uh, Liverpool would be doing so badly. Where, where, where do you see them finishing? Liverpool, seriously, in all seriousness, Des, where do you see them finishing? Uh, very competitive for top four. Um, I, I, I've been saying because you listen to me assiduously. I know about that. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm listening. Now. So I, <laughs> I've, I've been saying that it's a season in transition. Um, uh, Nunes coming in, losing Mane. I don't think we anybody mm. really appreciated how much Mane led the press. Uh, but they're now adapting without him. They had the injuries. I think Liverpool top four. Chelsea are too far behind, but will be trying to compete into a top six place and hope that the FA Cup is won by uh, one of the one of the big boys. Um, as for Tottenham, oh, gosh, yeah, they could well tumble, and Newcastle could tumble. A goggling, where do you think Tottenham's going to end up? Tottenham, I'm surprised that they'll end up in the. I really don't understand what they're playing for anymore. You know that that, that they're captain, fourth. They're fourth. They're fourth mm. right now. But yes, I, again, like what they said, I, don't, I think they'll tumble. And the mighty to- uh, Nottingham Forest, uh, Bob Holmes. I think we are maintaining this fighting chance. Uh, we could slip down. We could slip down, but. Mm. Uh, the home form could just about keep us up. Well, we're going to be keeping up with that one as the, as the weeks go by. We're going to take a break and we'll come back in a moment with some more Premier League, but also Malaysian football here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And welcome back to part four of Just for Kicks. And we're going to go straight for Bob. The top of the league, meanwhile. Manchester United versus Southampton. 
United were on such a good run before, and then they well, we're not going to mention that 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 seven nil whatever. Can, can they can they come back and can Southampton, poor old Southampton, second bottom, do anything? Uh, no, I think this is a straightforward win for United. Uh, the midweek game was absolutely the perfect occasion for them to uh, remove uh, any uh, any bad feelings they had from that previous game. I won't mention the score. I'm not allowed to mention the score anymore. Ever again. Um, but uh, they seem to have worked it out of their system and they've got what looks on paper to be another fairly easy home game. It, it, the, f- the fixtures have fallen very favourably for them after a disaster like that. They would, w- would have wanted two fairly easy home games to follow, and they've got them. So okay. I, see, I see them uh, comfortable winners against Southampton. Meanwhile, Gogolin, what could be not so comfortable, Fulham versus Arsenal? <laughs> It's a London derby, right? If mm. I was thinking, yeah. So yeah, I, again, like what Des said earlier on, Arsenal are shipping goals. But this is the stage of the season where you know, the mental attitude of winning the league comes in, and it, I think Arteta has pushed this through them. That that uh, come from behind win at Bournemouth, as you know, as as galvanised the team. The come from behind win at Villa. Yes, they have shipping goals, but if you're coming back and still getting those three points, it doesn't matter. It, it's it's how you're pushing them to the. Taking the team and the team is rallying now. You can see the, the, the togetherness in it, and this is the final stretch, right? You, I mean, mark, come March, April is when you really win the, the titles. But Fulham won their league last season. They, they know how to win. They, they know how to win, yes. But you know, this is this is the Premier League. You know, Arsenal. But I, that being said, I think there'll be a score draw though. Mm. Okay, and uh, Des, a club that I haven't mentioned for a long time, Manchester City. I'd forgotten all about them. Palace versus Manchester City. Last season or the season before, I think we would have said that Palace could really cause problem, but I don't think we're saying that anymore. No, but they're still awkward to play against, uh, particularly at home where they have really good, passionate um, home support. But um, they're, they're five matches without a win, but they play well in those matches. They, they compete. Vieira's got a nice physical team there, but they can't seem to get the ball into the back of net. Scoring really is a problem for Palace. For Manchester City, scoring isn't a problem. If Haaland doesn't score, and he hasn't for is it a couple of games now, Foden's good enough. Grealish is coming back into not quite being a 100 million player, but he's certainly making contributions. They've got players from all over the pitch who can score. This is Manchester City time. You're coming at, Gogs just uh, said it, you're coming into March, April. These are the games that you have to win. City have been there so many times. I can't see them... Um, uh, failing at Crystal Palace um, they could be quite comfortable and then they'll go on to win the league I think uh, there's the City-Arsenal game that is still to come um, Arsenal have got some really difficult fixtures they've still got to go to Anfield uh, which will be a humdinger of a game uh, Liverpool have got to go to Man City and, and in, in reverse um, the, this is not over by any stretch of the imagination it may be five points but Arsenal have, Arsenal have creaked They've got those wins, they're fabulous for momentum, but they've creaked. That tells me that they're shipping goals and they're vulnerable. It's in my imagination, actually, when they were playing against uh, Batiste, wasn't it? Um, my memory is... Yes. I can't remember the last Thursday. match. That was Thursday. <laughs> that was Thursday. <laughs> that was I, it's, it's gone. 
they look quite short. What's it? I, just, I sort of like. I was, they seem quite short. They are a small team. Odegaard's five, five eight, five nine. Um, Reese Nelson, who led the line, he's he's not the tallest. Martinelli out wide. And Zinchenko uh, was very short. I didn't uh, realize Zinchenko. Yeah, yeah. He, he is short, but Odegaard is not short. It's five, five ten. He's not he's, a big fella. He's not a six footer. Yeah, so yeah. It, I think only Zaka is the. Jack is a big boy and the, and the two centre backs. Centre backs, yeah. Well, centre backs generally are. Yeah. Other than Martinez. Other than Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> well, meanwhile, uh, Goglan, the big one, the match we've all been waiting for <laughs> West Ham versus Aston Villa. And, I mean, you know, Villa, to be fair, I think it's been. 11th is a good place. Oh, yeah. It's a good season, isn't it? I was just re- I was, I was reading uh, the fan chatter and all, and yeah, we, we're letting Emery do what he needs to do. Wherever we end up this season, it's, it's always going to be a work in progress. There'll be games where we... Re- I mean, the Palace game last week, last weekend, you know, it, was a, it wasn't a thriller or anything, but we, we didn't... We restricted Palace to just shots from outside the goal, not many attacks, and we got the three points. These are the type of games that will come and go, so... But that being said, the West Ham is always our bo- one of our bogey teams, so not looking forward. You know, Goglin, I think that if Qatar decided to buy West, uh, Aston Villa, <laughs> poured billions in there, and, and, and Villa actually won, I don't know if you have the ability to feel joy. <laughs> so years of conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, West Ham, though, we need to talk about West Ham. And, uh, Bob, what's, um, I mean, what's the patience level at? At West Ham, sure, they're they're in the Conference League. The, is that what they call the Europa, Europa Conference? Europa Conference. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 a pretty terrible situation. Sixteenth down there, they're not doing well. Yeah, patience levels not great. I think you have to say they've been uh, cause for David Moyes to be out. Uh, I think unfairly. Um, I mean, you think they're still in Europe, aren't they? You know, based on, obviously, last season's performance, so they were in Europe the season before. They made a run at the top four places, didn't they, a couple of years ago? Indeed, indeed. I mean, they actually looked as if they might make it at one point. But they probably flatter to deceive there. But uh, Moyes has done a great job there. Uh, I mean, he um, he made his name at Everton, of course, and then he had a few failures, and uh, West Ham was like he's, he's, he was in the last chance saloon, wasn't he, going there as a, as, a, as a decent manager. And I think he's handled it very well because he's not had a huge amount of money. He's galvanised the team. There was all the trouble with the ground and everything, the fans not being happy, you know, the stadium not having a, a... It's not a proper football ground. It's the London Olympic Stadium. Olympic stadium. Mm. I mean, they spent millions on it trying to convert it into a football stadium. But you've still got fans who are miles away from the action. And that mitigates the atmosphere uh, and all that. So there was, there was a lot of problems there at West Ham. And I think to do what he's done, get them into Europe two years in a row... Uh, has been tremendous. And I think he'll get them out of this this uh, yeah? relegation. I think so. No problem. No problem. I think they'll, you'll, you'll probably find that West Ham will end up being lower mid-table. They may not get into Europe again next season, but they won't mind that if they avoid relegation by mm, well, some distance. Well, we will be revisiting that they're, one. They're a good side. He's got some good players there. Uh, uh, Des, Everton versus Brentford. 
Uh, Brentford are doing very well this season, but but Everton, it must be pretty gloomy over there. Very gloomy. Everton can't score goals. Um, no Calvert-Lewin, who's uh, always, always injured. Uh, Demary Gray is probably the only really bright spot of their season so far. Sean Dyche has come in and made them, though, um, very difficult to beat at Goodison. Although they lost the, the last game... Um, uh, was it the, the the home game? They got beat by Arsenal, but the last game to Villa when they lost 2-0. But they are stronger at Goodison. The crowd have stayed, for the most part, behind the team. They've been very supportive of Sean Dyche. It's just a battle. It's like the old 90s Dogs of War, the Joe Royal team that somehow stayed up uh, on the last day of the season. They've just got to eke out wins and points wherever they can. Home versus Brentford, you've got a battle against Brentford because they're very physical. Everton have got to win those physical battles and maybe eke out a 1-0 win, take something from a set play. Um, I, I honestly don't see them coming away with anything. With them. This Brentford team is firing on. So they're the most, are they they're very have, physical, aren't they? Like, exactly, yeah, but, yeah. and they've got the longest unbeaten streak right now going on. And like you said, Everton can't score goals. They're really, really... I mean, against Forest, they were struggling at one point. You know, they were completely played off the park at one point. They got point. two goals, though, didn't they? Yeah, because Forest let them back into <laughs> it. Yeah, but I do think too. Goodison makes a difference. I really do. Home advantage can sometimes really count. Mm. It's oh. hostile. It's febrile. It's horrible. Yeah. Okay, uh, Goglin. Leeds versus Brighton. I'm going to lay half a half-remembered stat on you, okay? Uh, Brownie Brighton, in across all the leagues in, in, in Europe... Uh, third highest possession rates in matches. It's around 60%. I think there's Bayern Munich above them and one other, I can't remember who it was. So half remembered, I promise. Probably City. Got to be Man City, yeah. yeah. yeah Could have been. Um, I mean, that's... that's and, and, and their position in the league is kind of extraordinary at eighth. I know. Again, I'm worried for Leeds right now because you know I do not see where the goals are coming from. The the Bamford's not uh, scoring. Uh, I think um, Samuel and what's his, uh, what? Nonto. 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 Yeah. They're pitting. They're wingers, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah exactly. The wingers. I was about to say. You know. So these again, these are dog fights that are coming up, and I do not see where the goals are coming from. And the, you know, the new manager bounce still hasn't come in for Leeds. I, I really worry for Leeds right mm. now. Mm. Uh, but Brighton, though, Bob Brighton. Say, so, you know, they're good. Uh, they are good. Uh, are they attractive? Are they attractive to watch, though? Mm. Yeah, 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 very attractive. Uh, yeah, I just don't think they'll quite get into the top four. I mean, that is okay. being suggested, uh, but I, I think they've got a good chance of being in uh, Europe. One of either. But Europa are these teams set up for conference. Europe, though? You know, I think the Conference League and, you know, the Europa Conference League, I mean, look at what, what's happening in West Ham. Is it a boon or a bin? Yeah. Well, for teams I think like for a Brighton club like Ham, Brighton, I mean, it, it would be an absolute dream. Uh, Brighton fans in Europe? Oh, incredible. Yeah, That'd be incredible. you just ask them. Yeah. But, uh, so that's the Premier League wrapped up, but Malaysia, Malaysia Super League, Des, uh, what's happening there? Johor Dahl Taksim, top of the table, played 3-1-3. 7-0 they won last week against oh, really? Negri Sembalan. Oh. Uh, it's it's uh, the last chance to, to say it. one it. more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were quite brilliant. They're, they're a class apart. The only team keeping pace with them are Sabah. Uh, former national team manager Onkin Sui is in charge at Sabah. They've got a good budget, put together a really good squad. Uh, they... they um, uh, Sabah this week are at Pahang, who have done pretty well under Fandi Ahmad. So the big the big state teams, or used to be now club teams, all doing pretty well. Salanga are 
third there unbeaten uh, they drew one all with Pahang in the wet at uh, MPPJ uh, last week there's been some really good football going on but Johor Darrell Taksim are just so so far ahead of the pack I'm going to Paroy to see Negri Sembalan versus KL City KL City need to um, uh, get a, a kick up the backside as do Trungano who are bottom of the 14 team table with just one point so far okay, you travel around the country more than me <laughs> don't you? Go, go to the football. Oh, you, you'd be amazed, mate. You'd love it. You'd love it. Anyone Kalantan, Kotobaru. Fantastic. Ah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah for yeah. football. Take him, take him on your bike. Yes. You haven't got your bike, do you? No. No, <laughs> God, no. What? <laughs> Look of fear on his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, it's great to be all back together again. Great to be back in the studio. Uh huh. And um, so I've, I want to thank. Uh, the pundits, uh, Goglin, thank you. Thank you, and um, thank you, Hanif. I finally get to meet you. And he's right in front of me. Anyway, <laughs> hang on a second. And Bob Holmes. Thanks, uh, everybody, yeah. Uh, well done, Hanif, and uh, you can't forget him today, uh, Cam, can you? No, no, no. And Des Corkill. Malaysian football, and one last mention. Oh, go on then. 7 0. <laughs> It'll forever be remembered. That's how much Johor won by. <laughs> and, uh, and producer Hanif, thank you. And myself, Cam Ruslan, and Join us next time on Just For Kicks here on BFM 89.9. The magic, the might, the majesty of Manchester City, Champions 2022. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm. Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.